Hi, I'm Flaky Dana with me, Alan Smith, where we publish stories of today's P&J on Friday, January 20th. So, front page paper today is Fish Market Faces Boycott and Row Over Auction Rules. So, the fish market in Peterhead is facing a boycott for seafood buyers amid fears the industry could be paralysed as a storm brews over new draconian rules. The row was sparked by a letter from Peterhead Port Authority, Chief Executive Simon Brebner, over bid sharing for one trader purchases fish at a shout auction on behalf of others. Uh, <coughs> the Port Authority has branded the practice anti-competitive and unfair and warned buyers they could be suspended from the market or even banned if they did not comply. Buyers are also asking fishing skippers to avoid landing their catches in the booth doing on Wednesdays when boycotts have been planned for next month. Uh, sources tell the P&J there was alternative ports such as Fraserborough, so supplies to fish and chip shops should be unaffected. Uh, in an email seen by the P&J and addressed to Mr Bremner, seafood industry boss Ian Stephen and the Scottish Seafood Association Chief Executive Jimmy Buchan claimed the Port Authority was turning a, a blind eye to ghost bidding for prices are raised by pretending someone has bid for fish when in fact no attempt to purchase has been made. They added with the new measures uh, the Port Authority is introducing the buyers could legally paralyse the salesmen and bring the hail fishing industry to a stop. So, well, <coughs> that um, seems a bit of shenanigans going on up in Peter Heed at the, the fishing market, but um, it's, uh, well, it seems there'll be a bit of argy-bargy. I'm sure they'll get it sorted out come time, because there'll be a big, big lot of money at stake here, and, um, you know, I'm sure they'll, whatever why they sell them off, they'll come to some agreement, I'm pretty sure, but... Uh, as long as they can tour chip shops, I'll get some haddock and cod. Um, that's the main thing. Now here's a Scottish street food that's served up in hot new pod. So as a chef in the northeast for 25 years, John Paul Johnson always loved making Scottish food. So when he launched his new um, food truck, he can't exactly fit to He said there's a lot of burgers and fries out there, but there's not a lot of folk making proper Scottish home cooking. Uh, so just about a week ago, uh, John Paul, better known as JP, opened up his mobile food trailer on Boroughmuir Circle in Baruri. It's bright orange and hard to miss. Uh, JP's kitchen sets yards for Morrison's and serves up a hearty range of Scottish breakfast and traditional home-cooked classics. It's a culmination of JP's lifelong dream to start his own business after more than two decades working for other folk. In a varied career, the 47-year-old has been head chef at Aberdeen City Centre pub The Stag and most recently at Benahy Lodge in Kemney. He said, I thought about it years ago, but just never got room talked. Um, <clears throat> so he runs it with his wife, Jenny, and um, they have an early start to get ready for the breakfast rush. Um, the menu is varied, but there's no doubt in his favourites. He said, uh, stovies, mincing tatties and skirly and stuff, he says, uh, everything's homemade and folks seem to be loving it. Um, when it comes to recommendation, he says, folk have to try his cracking mac and black, which is macaroni and cheese with Scottish black pudding through it. Uh, his steak stovies come with proper steak pieces, while special mention goes to the burger and chips with black pudding and homemade peppers. Uh, need to mention the mac and cheese burger, which comes with an added slice of cheese for good measure. Um, the food pod, pod helps uh, JP keep prices low. A steak burger is £4, mention that is 6 and the stovies is £7. Um, so he's going to be going to ruin the events at the 
Rune Bute Berlinshire, and they said he's got his uh, next site set on Burns Night on Wednesday, 25th of January. Um, he says, well, Dean Huggins needs in ties for that. So, well, there's a picture and you certainly couldn't miss it. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> bright orange with flames uh, licking up the side in uh, JP's kitchen right enough. So, well, that's a rare thing, that, you know, he's probably right enough for loads of things, doing the same kind of stuff, but maybe near enough a lot Dean asking that thing. So, uh, good luck to him, and it's always fine to see somebody doing uh, good old uh, Scottish food. And um, I'll never know, if we maybe run up by and see if it, uh, if it is stories or he's mentioned that is consistent. Now here's a, a pilgrim trail walk to help youngsters. This is a money for a bain. There's a turn for a gruelling 1,070 mile ancient pilgrimage route walking from France to Spain to raise money for childline. Uh, Stuart Nelson, for 70, made the journey on the Santiago de Compostela medieval pilgrimage trail from Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris to the Basilica in northern Spain. During his journey, he raised uh, £1,100 for the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, which runs Childline, uh, a 24-hour, uh, seven days a week service that children can contact for help. Uh, before Mr Nelson retired seven years ago, the married father too was an oil industry project manager in Angola in Africa. On the journey, Mr Nelson decided to stop in uh, Rabinal de Camino in Spain to volunteer at a hostel where he cleaned uh, lavies, showers and made beds for the guests. Uh, Mr Nelson was supported by his wife Shelley, who also enjoys walking, which <laughs> a good job. Mr Nelson's main focus has always been fundraising for Childline to help vulnerable kids. He has been helping kids charities since 1988, documenting his walking through his Facebook blog, The Man in the Blue Blazer. He said, I'm relieved but overjoyed to have completed this challenge and I'm so pleased to have been able to raise money for Childline um, to help continue the fantastic work today. Uh, he's now planning on visiting one of his loons in New Zealand before heading to Japan. Um, <coughs> to follow along with his journey, follow his Facebook blog. So, well, what a tremendous um, thing uh, today, a thousand miles, um, that's, uh, you know, that's some, uh, some work at, and, um, you know, to raise £1,100 for Thailand, absolutely fantastic, so uh, hats off to him, um, brilliant job, and, you know, keep on doing what you're doing, um, and you have to stop off and <laughs> clean the lavies and nothing along the way, some money. Now here is a lamb's fitted, if that boy's nursery escape. So alarms have been fitted to the playroom doors at an Aberdeen nursery after a youngster managed to slip out unnoticed and was almost hit by a bus. Uh, River Wood was uh, able to walk out a Kingsford School nursery unnoticed and found wandering down a long tract for a, for a bus narrowly missed him on August the 3rd. His furious parents complained to the care inspectorate which found it took the nursery 25 minutes to raise alarm and the then, uh, that the then three-year-old was missing. Additional staff members will be put on shift with a minimum of two supervising kids outside. Risk assessments and further training have also been introduced. An alarm has been installed on the door leading for the foyer to the peg area and the nursery has also asked for electromagnetic locks, a buzzer entry system and fob readers. There's also plans to have the fencing around the building heightened but no date has been decided. Um, so the loon's mom said her son Fosnel 4 has been held back for starting primary school because of his traumatic experience. Um, okay, so, well, anyway, so they've obviously put all that stuff in place now, and, um, you know, little dudes shouldn't be able to 
wonder about, especially yeah, being a long track, but it would just be, you know, uh, super dangerous long yeah, just non-stop cars all the time here. Yeah. So um, hopefully he'll be the the last thing to uh, manage to escape out of the nursery. And I think he was heading for him, if I mind right, but, uh, you know, not very good. But uh, if we've had this locks and fences, nothing new, it'll be like a great escape for you earlier. Now there's the Aberdeen Airport action to bring in more taxi drivers. So Aberdeen International Airport has committed to tackling its taxi driver shortages this year. The airport has been running its own taxi service since June 2018, We airport chiefs at the time saying it would uh, allow them to manage it more closely. Prior to this, Comcab had been the airport's taxi operator. But in recent months, there has been growing discontent among passengers about the shortage of cars and the time they've had to wait to get home. Airport bosses stressed they were actively recruiting drivers and it will be a key priority in 2023. It's understood they're exploring a number of initiatives to improve the service and bring in more drivers. However, taxi shortages is a growing problem right across the city due to scores of drivers giving up during COVID. The city council has even changed the knowledge test in an attempt to get more cabbies on the road. Yeah, you'd hardly even need that. No, we um, uh, sat nav and a hanging mess cars. I mean, you know, even a, a glick like me could find a way around about Aberdeen probably. As I suppose it's just getting all the, the, the shortcuts and one-way routes and a hell of that. Um, anyway, an Aberdeen International Airport spokesman said, we need to recognise that a large amount of taxi drivers exited the trade during the pandemic. At the height of the pandemic, we had nearly 80% fewer drivers. Um, a targeted advertising campaign has resulted in numbers increasing to their largest since the start of the pandemic, though standing at about 60%. Um, the airport is also working closely with the council and interested parties to encourage folk to join the taxi industry with Aberdeen, uh, within Aberdeen and said they are fully focused on increasing the fleet based here. Um, the demand for taxis has increased and is much larger than it was in uh, 2019. Um, contributing factors include a lack of alternative taxis. As all companies are struggling, it means those who might have used alternative companies join the airport queue. Um, the geography of the northeast adds to the pressure for taxi drivers, with many drop-offs taking a lengthy journey. Well, that could be the things. I mean, you could uh, be a taxi driver and hop in and get somebody for up in Huntley or Rainey or something like that and, and then come back and maybe Lomfanen or Abain or something, I mean it's not just with short wee runners maybe. Um, anyway, so uh, that is them and I suppose it's the same old thing, it's a, uh, you know, when you're needing a taxi there's never in sight and when you're needing a name there's just seems to be hundreds of them waiting about the side of the road so um, hopefully they'll get it sorted because it's not a great advert for folk arriving in Aberdeen to be waiting a long time for a taxi, that's just uh, embarrassing so Hopefully they'll get a couple more drivers on board and then um, folk can just uh, hop in and get a waffle about that gun. Now just finish up with sport as normal. I think we've said enough about um, Aberdeen's <laughs> disastrous run. But um, obviously the other uh, big uh, news in the sport is uh, Andy Murray um, battling through the night a stirring victory. So um, he come who. His opponent, Australian Tanase Kokonakis, is served for victory at 5-3 in the third set of the second round encounter at a rowdy partisan Margaret Court Arena, only for Murray to show once again that his greatest asset is a stubborn refusal to lose. Um, so he, f he won that, obviously, forced a deciding set, and finally 
uh, 1.75 um, in the last set at 5 past 4 in the morning. So that took uh, 5 hours 45 minutes. It was the longest match of his career, uh, the second longest in the tournament's history, and the third latest finished like tennis match ever. So, I mean, 5 past 4 in the morning is a bit ridiculous, but uh, well done to him, absolutely tremendous. And, um, you know, here's hoping he can gain a, a bit further, but that's two five set matches. No, he'll be pretty knackered as a fair age of a lad. No, it's but um, anyway. Uh, well done to him and uh, good luck for the next matches coming up. So uh, come on, Murray. And I suppose it's just games to show you can never hurry a Murray. Now that's me, Don Fredo. So we pop the stories of today's present journal on uh, Friday, twentieth uh, of January, twenty twenty-three. And um, it's still with a very very parky day today, very uh, nippy this morning. But the sun is out and it is. Uh, Looking a bit brighter, maybe, but uh, the pavements are just, some of them are just like sheets of ice, so uh, very cagey walking the doggy this morning. But um, yeah, I'm putting out the Doric Express a bit earlier today because it's, uh, I think I'm going to be working a bit later tonight, so probably when I be uh, muckle time or much energy left to do it when I come back tonight. But um, anyway, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it now and um, mind and tell a pal about it if you can. Um, you know, if, uh, if there's a an Aberdeen uh, group of folk that get together in whatever country you bide in if you're a wife of the North East or you're a wife of Britain or together, and mind and tell some of the folk about it and um, try and get some more listeners on board, that would be dandy. Um, in the meantime, thanks very much. Cheers now. Doodaloo. the